Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Two man car, Ruben and Jesse. And uh, we're here to to talk some Catholic intel with you. And, uh, you know, uh, today's uh, the you know second day of Lent. So, Jesse, uh, good morning. And you're all set for Lent. Absolutely, Ruben. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, 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 uh, as your uh, famous slogan goes, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So, yeah, I was already ready before Lent. And so I'm just uh, continuing down that trajectory. Uh, yeah, this is a time for us as Catholics to go a little bit deeper. Exactly. Go deeper and, and push yourself a little bit more. Uh, if, if some people are wondering, here's some of the things that I'm going to do personally for Lent. Just uh, go to daily Mass, not not miss, not hit and miss. I'm going to go to daily Mass for 40 days. Another thing is uh, uh, try to work out five days a week and offer my workouts out. Because I don't like to work out no more, Ruben. I'll be honest with you. Okay, <laughs> I'm 60 years old. It, it's not fun. I mean, uh, it's not like when you met me years ago where I used to eat this stuff up. Uh, working out for me is a drudge. Mm. So for me, it, it literally is penance. So I'm going to work out five days a week, offering my workouts up to God. Uh, I'm also going to make sure uh, for 40 days, I eat nothing after 6 p.m., no snacks, no snacks for 40 days. And after 6 p.m., the pie hole is shut. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, nothing goes in the pie hole, not even a pumpkin seed, only water after 6 p.m. And then, and then I'm going to also add... For 40 days, a prayer, a daily prayer is called the Chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel. It's a beautiful spiritual oh, yeah. warfare chaplet. So those are some of the things that I'm going to do, Ruben. That's great, Jesse. That, that's awesome. You know, um, yeah, we have to go, I think, uh, one step further, especially at this time, this where we find ourselves in. We ha- we're going to have to, uh, yeah, like you said, dig deeper because uh, the times are critical. And um, Ruben, we could go at any second now. Think about this. Uh, th- there are people that... Well, Putin, Biden, uh, the Chinese, they all have a nuclear bomb. A planet Earth could evaporate within minutes if any one of them, uh, you know, activates the nuclear codes. I'm just saying right now is no time to be playing with your faith. You need to be living in a state of grace right now. We are we are living in a touch and go time period right now. Yeah. But how many people actually believe that? How many people are in tune with that? You know, there's the people who are just so caught up in the world that they don't pay attention to the ramifications of what's going on across uh, in Europe. So yeah, um, we, we just have to stay prayed up and churched up and amen. be ready. Hey Ruben, let me share something. You're going to laugh at this a little need to know file before we go into the first topic about Vladimir Putin and religion. Okay. Uh, did you know that Joe Rogan, he challenged the premise that Bill Gates is a trusted spokesperson on health because in a recent episode of the Joe Rogan experience, uh, the podcaster, poked fun at the physique of the Microsoft founder who has, uh, you know, who, who's talk, who talks regularly about uh, food and health advice. Joe Rogan blasted Bill Gates for lecturing people about health when he said, this guy has man boobs, a gut, and toothpick arms, and he's talking to us about health. Ruben, that was a funny one-liner. You know, you have to have a sense of humor these days. And that I, I give it to Joe Rogan. That was hilarious. It's true, and and Bill Gates wants us to cut back on our meat, you know, and um, go to synthetic meat. So, 
he's one of the he's one of the globalists. He's one of the the you know population control and it's I I can't understand how why we keep taking our advice from this guy. You know, <laughs> he's no doctor, but yet he was he he became a spokesman for COVID and uh, vaccines and. It's ridiculous that he's the most influential non-doctor on planet Earth. And it's because he, he gives sizable uh, sons of money uh, to people yeah. that that basically give him a forum. The Yeah, he's he's uh, I guess I think Joe Rogan was saying it was to the tune of something like three hundred and sixteen million dollars to various networks. Um, he buys liberal. influence, Ruben. He buys his influence around the world. Yeah. Yep. Hey, let me jump into uh, Putin and religion. This is, uh, yes. I mean, this is very relevant because this is front and center right now. So Vladimir Putin was, was born in St. Petersburg, Russia on October 7th, 1952. He's been the president of the Russian Federation since May 7th, 2012. He was also the Russian prime minister from 1999 to 2000. And he's the president from 2000 to 2008. And the prime minister from 2008 to 2012 and I've also read that he has, uh, by executive order, decreed that he'll be president until 2030. So Vladimir Putin's father was an atheist. His mother was an Orthodox Christian. Uh, Putin was baptized into the Orthodox Church as an infant. In an interview with Russian journalists published in 2000, Putin explained the significance of his well-known Orthodox cross pendant. <clears throat> in 1993, he says, when I worked on, on, a, on Leningrad City Council, I went to Israel as a part of an official delegation he said, Mama gave me my baptismal cross to get it blessed at the Lord's tomb. I did as she said, and then she put the cross around my neck. I've never taken it off since. In another interview with Time Magazine for their Person of the Year cover story in 2007, Poon was asked about his religion, and this is how he responded. He said this, to, he told Time the following. One of the issues that is being discussed in our presidential election is the role of faith in government. One of the old stereotypes that Americans have about Russia and certainly the rush of the USSR, is that it was a godless country. You have talked about your own faith. What role does faith play in your own leadership? And what, should, and what role should faith play in government and in public sphere? So that, that's the question that was asked to Putin. His response was this. Putin, <clears throat> first and foremost, he said, we should be governed by common sense, but common sense should be based on moral principles first. And then it's not possible today to have morality separated from religious values. I will not expand... As I don't want my, uh, I don't want to impose my views on on people who have different viewpoints. So notice, Putin just admitted, at least in that interview, that his moral compass comes from Christianity. Ruben, you want to take the next one? Yeah, and, you know it was funny. It was in uh, the last thing that that um, article asked him was, "Do you believe in the supreme God?" And he just said, "He said, do you? You know, there there are things I believe which should not be not in my, should not in my position." at least be shared with the public at large for everybody, everybody's consumption because that would look like self-advertising or a political striptease. Um, it, it, it almost reminds me of uh, John F. Kennedy when he, you know, he said he was going to impose his Catholic beliefs on, on people. You know, and, and you don't have to. You just all you have to say, this is my belief. That doesn't have to be yours. But this is what I believe. You, know? you asked me. So um, I, I don't think anybody, even a politician, should have to shrink back from what he believes in because i agree yeah so in 2012 putin was honored in bethlehem and a street was named after him in 2014 slate described putin as a committed believer who surrounds himself with other influential people of faith regularly invokes god in his public statements and then uh 
2016, Putin made a half-day pilgrimage to Mount Athos, an important Orthodox monastery in Greece. So in uh, the religious policies that uh, he allows over there in, in Russia is Buddhism, Eastern Orthodox, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism are defined by law as Russia's traditional religions and a part of Russia's historical heritage. These religions have enjoyed limited state support in the Putin era. And construction and restoration of Orthodox churches started in the 1990s has continued under Putin as has the teaching of religion in schools. Uh, parents can choose for their children to learn one of the traditional religions or secular ethics. Let me just add one thing there. I've read in another article, Ruben, that Russia is is builds churches faster than any other nation. So mm. Continue, continue. Wow. Putin took an active personal part in promoting the act of canonical communion with the Moscow Patriarch, signed May 17, 2007, that restored relations between the Moscow-based Russian Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church outside Russia after the 80-year-old schism. And in a presidential address in 2014, Putin emphasized the religious importance of the Crimea for Russia. He said, It was in Crimea, in the ancient city of Chersonesus, uh, or Korsan, and as ancient Russian chronicles called it, that Grand Prince Vladimir was baptized before bringing Christianity to Russia. I think it means Russia. In, in addition yeah. to ethnic similarity, a common language, common elements of their material culture, a common territory, even though its borders were not marked then, and a nascent uh, common economy and government, Christianity was a powerful, spiritual, unifying force that helped ev- involve various tribes and tribal unions of the vast Eastern Slavic world in the creation of a Russian nation and Russian state. It was thanks to this spiritual unity that our forefathers, for the first time and forevermore, saw themselves as a united nation. All of this allows us to say that Crimea, the ancient Khorasan, or the Chersonesus, and uh, Sevastopol have invaluable civilizational and even sacral importance for Russia, like the Temple Mount in Jerusalem for the followers of Islam and Judaism. So that's where he's coming from. To, to understand everything that's happening this is where he. This is his worldview. This is the way he sees all this as, mm. as sacred Russian land that belongs to them. Yeah. At least we have to understand where he's coming from. Doesn't mean we have to agree with him. Yeah. And then he signed the 2016 anti-extremism law that, among other things, limits the sharing of religious beliefs to a state-registered places of worship only. Critics say this law is in violation of Russia's constitution in that it effectively outlaws minority foreign religions such as Protestant Christianity. Jehovah's Witnesses and Hare Krishnas, whose churches and temples are rarely approved to be registered with the state. So here's my take, Ruben, on what you just shared about Putin, is that to me, in his mind, he sees himself as the resurrection of that, Vlad, uh, that Prince Vladimir that lived in uh, 1,000, 1,000 years ago. <clears throat> he, Putin sees, he's, he sees what he's doing as guarding the motherland, and he's jealously trying to, uh, in his mind, bring back these countries that used to be part of the motherland a thousand years ago and try to try to protect it from again from going woke like Europe. he wants to keep russia pure with russian orthodox christianity i don't see how you could justify killing innocent people civilians yeah you can't you can't do that yep we'll be right back yep Now, 
back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. We are back. We're going to be uh, switching gears, talking about a, um, a new platform. It's called uh, Gab. Uh, go and build. And, and t- But, uh, hey, you know, I yep. came across this, yeah. Jesse, I came across this uh, seven-point creed that the famous coach, John Wooden, famous uh, UCLA basketball coach, just a good man, and, and a lot of people follow him. Uh, he's been gone f- for, from this earth for uh, maybe about seven to eight years. Was he Catholic or Protestant? He was Protestant. Uh, okay. But uh, you a know, man of goodwill. Oh yes, really good. Yeah, yeah. Seven point creed, and and we could use it in our own lives. This is the one: be true to yourself. So to thine own self be true, right? To two, make each day your masterpiece. And number three, help others. Four, drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Five, make mm-hmm. friendship a fine art. Six, build a shelter against the rainy day. And seven, pray for guidance and give thanks for your blessings every day. Mm. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God, yeah. Powerful. Hey, Ruben, let me just mention one more thing on the last topic before we go on to go and build. Go ahead. I just, I just want to mention that, uh, again, right now is the time for us as Catholics. We've entered into the season of Lent. Not just because it's Lent, but we should, everybody should uh, dedicate and, and, and make sure that they're actively living a life uh, united with God. We call it living in a state of sanctifying grace. Right now is no time to play around with, with our Catholic faith. There's, it's, we're living right now in dangerous times. Again, we just talked about Putin, <clears throat> who's probably a malformed Christian. Okay? He's a Russian Orthodox Christian. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of Christianity amalgamated with a lot of KGB ideas. Okay, so he has that, uh, again, that malformation uh, going on with him. Uh, and, and also along with his concupiscence. Uh, and, but then on the other side, Ruben, you have the World Economic you know, Council. They want to they wanna put chips in our brains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They want to put, uh, you know, chips in our hands. Yeah. This whole fourth industrial revolution, the, the, you know, this whole great reset. Uh, you know, they want to make a transhumans. Uh, in fact, there's this one guy that an Israeli intellectual historian that speaks for them for the WEC. He says that in the future, his name is Yuval Noah Hari. He's on the YouTube. You can watch his lectures for the World Economic uh, Forum. He says that in the future, we're going to learn how to replace human minds by science, evolution, by intelligent design. He says we're going to be able... He said he mocks the notion of free will and the human soul. He says, that's over. That's the whole thing about God, somebody in the sky. That's over. He goes, we can hack human beings now. We can hack their brains. He says, not only can we hack computers, we can hack human minds. And we're going to connect them to the uh, internet. And we can make these hackable human beings transhumans and make them live forever. So, Ruben, we have nuts all over the world right now. These globalists are absolute nuts. Yeah. And they try to use, again, technology. Then on the other side, we have uh, Putin, who's all of a sudden got this vision of it called Manifest Destiny, that uh, he's going to take all the countries that used to be part of old Russia through force and, and power and might and war. And so, yes, we are living in dangerous times. Uh, I know there's one cardinal over in Europe that's asked uh, Pope Francis to consecrate uh, Russia to Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see We'll see where that goes. Wow. That's interesting. You're, you're absolutely right, Jess. <clears throat> but I think, you know, um, 
we have our biggest enemies are from within our own country. Like you just, all those things you, you told us, uh, you mentioned were those are coming from our own country, you know? Yeah. They're, it's coming from the West. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's what Ruben, we're looking at the suicide of the West right now. And unless the West embraces authentic conservative thought that, that comes from the natural law and the Catholic Western civilization contribution to, to, to the human person, uh, our days are numbered, Ruben. Our days are numbered. We have to embrace what the church, what made Catholicism great for 2,000 years, Western civilization. The man is made in the image and likeness of God, and everything flows from that. And if we don't go back to that, Ruben, and keep on marrying men and keep on hacking babies and try to connect people's brains with the Internet, uh, <clears throat> our days are numbered. Our yeah. days are numbered. You're, you're 100% right, Jess. And we do have the uh, the other globalists, you know, the Carl Schwabs and uh, other people that are running um, a lot of these big platforms. They're running them. They want to. They they're they want to create a one world order. So, yeah. Uh, and it, it already started, Ruben, back in the '60s, and 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 it kind of affected the church because if you notice, even the new mass, what it was called, is the new order, Novus Ordo. Yeah, yep. And this is this is what the Great reset people, which are communists, these are yeah. communists and Freemasons. That's what they want to impose upon society and Western civilization is a new world order. Yeah, you can already see the influence of Vatican II by calling the new mass the new order, Novus Ordo Messe. Mm-hmm. That should have been our first clue, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, God help us. So let me just uh, tell the people who, if they haven't heard of Gab, um, what it's a technology that powers a parallel economy, defense free speech online, all. For all people, Gab's, it's a Christian-owned uh, family-run technology company. Gab's uh, is, is a free social networking platform, and their mission is to defend free speech online for all people and to create and shape a parallel economy. Uh, their business model prioritizes their uh, community members and their privacy over profit, and they refuse to censor on behalf of Apple and Google and and is banned from both app stores, but you can still get the Gab app on your on your phone here, you know, so... All right, so let's... Uh, he's, de- he's definitely... Andrew Torba's definitely a fellow traveler, a man of goodwill, uh, a brother in Christ, a separated brother in Christ, but I emphasize the brother part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we definitely need uh, Catholics to step up like this guy here because he, I, his speech, it almost it, it almost sounds, you know, Catholic. Almost, you know, what we keep... Ruben, I, I, yeah, I, I don't find any... I don't find anything that is a Catholic that I would... I would disagree with in his speech. His speech was uh, vegano esque. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go ahead and start it, Jess? Sure. I'll take one paragraph. Uh, you jump, take another one. He says, God is real, the Bible is true, and Jesus Christ is King of Kings. These are the fundamental truths on which we must stand if we're going to do what, we must, what must be done in order to reclaim what is rightfully ours. America is a Christian nation. But somewhere along the way, our tolerance for evil allowed subversive agents of Satan to invade every facet of our country and culture. Our worldly institutions may have been conquered by secular humanists who hate God, but we worship a God who overcomes all worldly institutions. Mm -hmm. The good news is that public trust and faith in these institutions is waning. For the first time in 100 years, we have an opportunity 
to rebuild and restore our once great society. I I 100% agree with everything you just said as a Roman Catholic Christian man. Yeah. Well, Obama would uh, disagree with him because he he, oh, yeah. it, he said this America is not a Christian nation. So the the people in power want a great reset, but what we are going to give them instead is a great restoration. Mm, I like that. Buckminster Fuller once said that you you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So we are going to win, and we if we are going to win, and we are going to win, we must work together towards a, the common goal of building parallel Christian systems that are beyond the influence and control of the existing demonic ones. <laughs> Parallel systems can only work if they are built on the firm foundation of our faith in Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word, the very same foundation that the United States of America itself was founded upon. Um, you know, you could argue, well, there was Freemasonry involved, um, but uh, sure, uh, the, the founding fathers were, were, were some sort of a Protestant Christian Right. And Ruben, and not only that, God can write straight lines with crooked pencils. Yeah. A lot of these guys, the founding fathers, they were Freemasons, much, much like a lot of, uh, you know, Catholic men are, are Catholic. You know what I'm saying? It's just by name only. Right. A lot of them are just it's a good old boys club for a lot of them. Sure. It isn't until you get to the highest levels till uh, you're introduced uh, to Satan as the great architect. Mm hmm. Yeah. So parallel systems can only work if they are built on the film, firm foundation of our faith in Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word, the very same foundation that the United States of America itself was founded upon. The challenge before us is to build these new systems and models based on the traditional and biblical values given to us by God. It's a synthesis of new tools combined with the study of tradition of order. And the last thing I'll read is it's a revolt against modernity through the embrace of our rich traditions and through the wisdom of the word of God. Ruben, uh, when you look at a 25-cent coin, it says everything you need to know there. And, and this is what Torb is basically saying. It mm -hmm. says, in God we trust. Yeah. And it's talking about the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's that's who they're referring to. <clears throat> and uh, this is, and also what a, a coin also says liberty. Where does that come from? Liberty, that's a total Catholic New Testament word. Jesus Christ died to give us liberty, Galatians 5.1. And then we also see them the, uh, in Latin, e pluribus unum, from many one. Uh, in other words, this multiculturalism, multiculturalism that's been given to us by the left, this is foreign to the, this country. This country takes from people all over the world, and we become one people. We call ourselves Americans. And that's what Torba's tapping into right here. He says, <clears throat> dissent is impossible without the freedom of speech. It's the ability to say no in the face of evil. Our participation in communion with God means that we're divinely endowed with the gift of restoring order, guided by his hand in a chaotic and broken world. The reason that I started Gab almost six years ago is because I saw dissenters being silenced. In other words, those are patriots, conservatives, and people of faith. Torber writes, American citizens are being banned from the internet frozen by banks, blacklisted from flying on airplanes, and labeled terrorists for daring to have a political opinion that descends from the, from the ruling regimes. By refusing to bend to the demands of the regime, I myself became a dissenter. My family has been doxxed, harassed, stalked, swatted, and regularly faces death threats from people all over the world. Gab has been banned from dozens of service providers, including app stores, 
payment processors, multiple banks, email services, and so much more. This is the cross I will gladly pick up and carry if it means that my children will grow up in a world where they can speak freely and worship God. Amen. I'll tell you one thing, man. We need a thousand uh, young young men like like Torba, people that with that type of resolve, <clears throat> which reminds me of today's gospel. Today at the Novus Ordo Mass, our Lord Jesus Christ said, he says to all of us, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever wishes, whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. To me, Ruben, it sounds like Andrew Torba is living exactly that gospel precept right now. Right. Um, there was a, a, um, a paragraph you missed that, uh, oh, that he does quote. He does quote Second Corinthians three seventeen, which tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You're right. I missed that. Uh, and don't um, no, no worries. Uh, that that was uh, kind of led up to this that, to that point you just read. So. All right, we're going to continue on the other side of the break. I hear, uh, I hear the music, so we're going to pick up on uh, talking about what Andrew Torba, his speech that he gave. And uh, it's, it was delivered on uh, the February 25th, 2022. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. LASD, love and sacrifice daily so that we can leave all sin destroyed. Two-man car, we're giving you some intel. We're talking about Andrew Gab, or excuse me, Andrew Torba, who founded uh, Gab. And... Um, Jess, I don't know if we are on Gab, our pl- our platform here. Uh, you know what? I, I got to check after the show because we should be on it. Okay. If we're not, we should be on it. So I'm gonna, I'll I'll I'll, I'll check after the show. Okay, awesome. Ruben, you, you know, uh, as I as I read Andrew Torba's speech that he gave, it reminds me of of a Psalm one. Uh, I mean, everything he wrote. Psalm one says this, and this reminds me of Andrew Torba and, and his demeanor. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. It seems like this young man, Andrew Torba, that's exactly what he's saying here. We, we cannot walk with the wicked. We cannot take counsel from the wicked. We've got to keep company with the people of faith, and we've got to meditate and delight in the, in the law of the Lord. So he has a very clear biblical worldview. It's the, I, I like people that think black and white because it's easy to track with them. Uh, I don't like people that operate in the gray. I just, uh, I, I just, my, my mind just doesn't operate that way. It reminds me of that movie that I've never seen and won't see, uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Gray. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, I, I won't see that either. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Andrew Torba goes on to say that I may be a dissident in my own country, but I am a happy, liberated warrior for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Man, could you imagine if Catholics took up that that marching order that he's he's claiming for himself? Ruben and and, and he's speaking like a Catholic. That's what gets me. Yeah. Everything he's saying here, this is Catholic speak. I mean, Catholics have been talking like this for two thousand years up until recent times. Yeah, well, be, when uh, we became effeminate, effeminate over here, Jesse. 
So what he goes on to say is what we are facing is so much more than just censorship. We are facing the total replacement of good and holy things with filth and decay. We can no longer overlook social issues in favor of economic ones. We can no longer ignore the depravity and degeneracy that is perverting and destroying our minds. We must never allow the demonization and destruction of the nuclear family and the corruption of our children to happen. And just we're, see, we're seeing that with those uh, those uh, tranny um, reading shows in the library or, you know, the stuff they're, they're, they're teaching our kids in school. Um, CRT? It's that too. You know. Critical race theory. You got Planned Parenthood that has their their curriculum in a lot of public schools. I know in the LA, LA Unified School District, that's that's part of the uh, sex sex education that's taught in the elephant. It's from directly from Planned Parenthood. And uh, Ruben, also, what about uh, uh, the sat- uh, the Temple of Satan setting up mm-hmm. after school satanic? You know, uh, uh, you can't call it babysitting. What do you call it? Uh, you know, watching your kids, uh, you know, after school till the parents pick them up. They're setting this up in different yeah. parts of the country. This is the destruction and corruption of our children. And this was prophesied by Sister Lucia in 1980 that Satan's final attack would be against the family and mm-hmm. marriage. And we're seeing it right now. Right. One hundred percent. It's an indoctrination, Jesse. And um, we, we that's why uh, more and more people are starting to homeschool their children. And, uh, you know, when these these schools that are popping up, like the one I mentioned, um, you know, the Good Shepherd Academy, Regina Celli, St. Monica's, these are private schools started by parents then that wanted uh, they don't want to to have none of this this garbage foisted on their children. So he goes on to say that um, we must we must say uh, where was he? Um, So we must. Stare into the faces of the Silicon Valley, the mainstream media, and the political establishment on both sides of the aisle and dare to say no. Jesus did not command us to sit around getting crushed by Satan, waiting to die. He commanded us to make disciples of all nations, and we need to take a dominion in his name. His kingdom may be in heaven, but he himself told us in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen that he has all authority on earth as well. So it's time to start acting. Jess? Yeah, let me just mention one thing real quick. Um, you, you just you just read that we have to take dominion in his name. Just kind of a, a little commercial. Father Chad Ripperger just came out with a new book. It, it was came out last week. The name of his book is called Dominion. Wow. It's a 500-page book, and, it, and he goes through the entire scripture and traditional argument for the patriarchal structure in other words this is the way that the the universe is ordered you have god the father you have jesus christ because there's a there's an economic hierarchy within the trinity the father sends the son the father the son doesn't send the father so you have god the father our lord jesus christ you have the human race you have man women and then children and then animals but notice you have men that has more responsibility than the woman. So his his whole book is taking Catholics back to 2,000 years of understanding the dominion that God has set up upon the earth through a patriarchal society. It just came out last week. on It's on Census Traditionis Press. And so 
Uh, this is going to unravel the whole gender confusion that we're living in right now, Ruben. Jesse, just to give a sneak pe- preview, are you having him on your show anytime soon? Yeah, we're having him on, in fact, uh, at 11 o'clock on yeah. the Terry and Jesse show for one segment, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, people should plug into that. Yeah, we'll have him. He wants to be on the first segment. Yep. Okay. So, Go ahead, Jess. let me continue. So often we we are so often we are called hateful by people who hate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So to them I say, yes, I am hateful. I hate sin. <laughs> I hate evil. I hate Satan, and I hate the Antichrist. By the way, check, 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 check. Mm-hmm. They will call our speech hate speech because we dare to speak the truth of God's word. You're a racist if you don't take yourself for, for the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. You're a bigot if you don't want men in dresses walking into the bathroom with your daughter. You're an anti-Semite if you question sending Israel American taxpayer money to build their wall while our own border is being invaded. Their shame words no longer hold any power over me, and they should never again hold any power over you. That Yeah, that's a, a term used by the left. You know, we've got to shame him. We've got to shame him. Now, don't get me wrong. Shame, it's good to have shame when you actually commit sin and having having that emotion of shame so that you come to repentance. That's a good thing. But when leftists shame you for believing in principles that come from the gospel of Jesus Christ, then just like Andrew Torba, uh, you should not let this hold any power over you. Don't let it affect you. Right. And then... uh, the left is always preaching tolerance, and uh, but when it comes to our, um, you know, the the positions we hold, they have no tolerance whatsoever for us. And uh, so he says, tolerance is not a Christian virtue. God has zero tolerance when it comes to sin, which corrupts our bodies, hearts, and minds. We are commanded to hate that which is evil. Without hatred, we can't understand love. But we must be careful not to aim our hatred at one another. Instead, we must unite and aim our hatred at the sin and evil in our own hearts. Amen. What is at stake is not only the future of our country, but for the future of Christendom as a whole. Christians are being demonized, dehumanized, discriminated against, demographically replaced, and disenfranchised. We are being attacked, harassed, fired, and banned from the Internet and financial systems for our political and religious beliefs. None of this is okay. Christians should be boldly denouncing these things, but we look to our churches, our so-called Christian leaders, and even our politicians, and we are met with a deafening silence, or worse, a proud endorsement of this madness. Hmm. He's yep. Been, he's been looking at our leaders, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been looking at our leaders, and he's been looking at the rhinos in the, in the Republican Party right. that purport to be conservatives and patriots, but there's a lot of them that are just silent when it comes to this crazy madness. Christians are no strangers to persecution, Andrew Torber writes. We have always and will continue to overcome the advances of the enemy. Imagine being among the first group of Christians after Christ's resurrection who spent 40 years preaching the gospel, waiting while those practicing the old covenant law mock them. We can't even comprehend the persecution they faced in order to defend and spread the gospel. Many ended up giving their lives for it. Catholics, this, by the way. Yeah, exactly. They're not product, Catholic Christians, exactly. <laughs> this group of Catholic Christians is the most inspiring to me because they, ha- they had to have the most faith of all. In Luke 21, 6, Jesus prophesied about the temple of Jerusalem that, quote, not one stone would be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down, close quote. Well, guess what? For 40 years, that didn't happen. And a generation of Christians had to patiently wait and have faith that what Christ said would come true. 
Then, in 70 AD, it happened, just as our Lord said it would happen. And the Temple of Jerusalem was absolutely annihilated. Almost 2,000 years later, it's still not standing, despite multiple attempts throughout history to rebuild it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 tells us that, quote, we are the temples of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within us, close quote. This is the enormous amount of faith that we need to have today. We need to be in this for the long haul. We need to be willing, like the very first followers of Christ, to have an entire lifetime of faith. My comment, Reuben, is this. Protestants look at Christianity many, not Andrew Torba, obviously, but for them it's an 100-yard dash. What do I mean? Well, come over here, say this prayer, the sinner's prayer, accept Jesus Christ, then write in your Bible, uh, today, uh, you know, March 3rd, 2022, I was saved. I accepted Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, which means for the eternal security camp, there's nothing I can, uh, nothing I can do to undo what I just did right now. I'm eternally saved. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an 100-yard dash view of Christianity. Ruben. That's just not, that's not biblical. Our view of Christianity, the Catholic Christian view, it's, it's a marathon race. We fall, we sin, we get up by going to confession, we get restored in Christ, we once again get put back on the track, we run, we run, we fall, we get up, we go to confession, we repent, and we continue the race. Christianity is a marathon race, it's not an 100-yard dash, and I think Andrew Torba gets it. Mm-hmm. And as St. Paul says, we have to finish the race, okay? Not just start the race, we've got to finish it. We have to persevere to the end. And uh, we'll be right back. We're going to finish up uh, the last segment, finishing up uh, Andrew Torba's speech. Be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, we are back. Two-man car, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. We are talking about uh, a speech that Andrew Torba, the founder of GAB, which stands for Grow and Build, or Go and Build. And um, he, he sounds... Uh, Ruben, let me just, Ruben, let me just mention God. one thing before we start uh, about Andrew. I just feel compelled let's just pray one ave maria for the for for peace in the world for the cessation of this war over in russia and ukraine i just feel like it's something i i need to do right now okay name of the father son of the holy spirit amen lord we pray for peace over in russia and ukraine we for the cessation of war ave maria gracia plena dominus tecum benedicta tu mulieribus benedictus fructus ventris jesus Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis. Amen. All right, go ahead. I feel better now. <laughs> All right. So he goes on to say that this is the enormous amount of faith that we need to have today. We need to be in this for the long haul. Did you read that already? Um, anyway, Christians are not revolutionaries. We are reformers. We do not destroy things. We build and create them, mirroring our Creator. God will handle the destruction of our wicked and corrupt global regime. In fact, I think he's already started. 
<laughs> I would have to agree with him. If we are going to save our country, we must adopt the mindset of seven generations thinking. Now, what do you think that seven generations he's talking about, Jesse? Was that um, was that the time from? Uh, I'm I'm, I'm was, trying to wrap my mind around that. Ruben. Was seven, yeah, well, it's 490 years, right? Was for the uh, the coming of our Savior from. Uh, um, it's I know it's a biblical because seven. Uh, I, well, we know this. It could, it, it could be. He could, he, he could be talking uh, symbolic because the number seven is the number of perfection for the Jews. Mm. It's the number of, uh, of of God, the number of the covenant. So he could be talking about we must adopt the mindset of that covenant or that perfect or that godly generation, that way of thinking. That's that's kind of a, a loose way of looking at that. All right. Um, and the previous generations, including my own, have lived in the in the moment for themselves. We must learn from this mistake. Short term pleasure at the expense of long term pain for our kin is unsustainable. We must be the ones who are willing to put in the work to build a Christian future, not only for our children and our children's children, but for Christian Christendom as a whole. Now is the time for us to build up. And I think as Catholics, we we uh, we understand delayed gratification um, that we have to um, work for our salvation and and uh, we're not uh, just asking for things now we have to work see the big picture in in all this and that's the whole purpose of lent ruben (laughs) (laughs) yeah is to remind catholics of of we have to delay gratification we just can't overindulge in the things of the world it'll get you sick with sin Mm -hmm. and that's why you have to take these times in the catholic life you know, you got the ember days in, in, in the old rite. Uh, you got, you know, the season of Lent in the old and new rite. You just have to take time. You know, Fridays is always a penitential day in Catholicism. Even the new code of canon law says that. We just have time to have, we have to take time to pull away from the intoxicating influence of the world uh, because mm-hmm. you, you can start getting a lot of moral decay in your soul. So Andrew writes this, Ruben, this is a spiritual war. They are targeting our very humanity. Now, he's talking about the devil using the globalists here, okay? The great reset people. This is evidenced by everything that our enemies promote. Their values are inherently anti-human. Yep, they want to make a transhumanism. Abortion, moral decay, sexual degeneracy, Mm -hmm. the destruction of sovereign nations, and the ethnic cleansing of people. Yeah, the destruction of sovereign nations through this uh, whole COVID-19 lockdowns and everything that comes with it. Mm-hmm. This, new re- this new Fauci religion. Uh, he's, he, he writes, um, the persecution of everything and anything related to God Almighty, our creator. Yeah, like closing down the mass, the holy sacrifice of the mass, which is uh, the way uh, sanctifying grace enters into the world and human beings are saved. He writes, we must realize that King Jesus is not some hippie, Mr. Rogers, that our culture makes him out to be. He's the king of kings. He rules. He reigns. He flips over tables in the temple. He scorns the den of vipers. He rebukes the synagogue of Satan. This is the Jesus I know and worship. This is the Jesus of Scripture. This is the Jesus that will lead us out of his out of this uh, mess. We must strive to be more like him. All great civilizations are built back of strong nuclear families because strong nuclear families are God's design. Yep. Strong strong men strong women strong women support strong men and they raise strong children together this leads to strong families and strong families lead strong nations powerful words right mm-hmm. there from this young man wow 
Yeah. We, where are Christian men today? Unfortunately, many American Christians have adopted a secular human worldview. Instead of worshiping God, they worship idols in the form of celebrities, sports players, and even politicians. They are Christian in name only. Um, sounds like unelected Joe Biden. Um, they value material stuff over the fruits of the Spirit. They see comfort and fleeting pleasure over the suffering and courage it takes to live in an unapolog- unapologetic and authentic Christian life. They are lukewarm Christians. And the reason I said uh, Joe Biden, because I saw him with ashes on his forehead the day after he, he said at his speech that uh, he was speaking for abortion and transgender. Uh, the only time I think uh, one of our listeners posted something on, on the chat here is that the only time he mentioned the word God was when he said that uh, transgenderism is, is God-ordained. You know. So <laughs> Anyway, he's confused. I'm here to tell you that today that lukewarm Christianity is over. Christians need to rise up proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, to the world. We are the ones establishing nuclear families. We are the ones bringing up our children to know and love the Lord. We are the ones building sovereign businesses and infrastructure. We are the ones with a future worth fighting for, and we are the ones who will restore it. Man, this guy's on fire, man. Yeah, no, this guy, Ruben, is, I mean, we got to get him on our team completely. Yeah, we are reformers, builders, and pioneers. We need to go all the way, take a leap of faith, and live fully for Christ at every moment of our lives. You want to wrap it up, Jess? He says, we must prepare ourselves for what is coming. And that's what we were talking about before the show, Ruben. We've been talking about that for days. Uh, for what is coming by exiting their entire system and raising up our children to be builders for the kingdom of God. We need to build our economy, our own technology, our own education systems, and our own political movements. This requires a multi-generational effort. The tolerance of the generations before us has led to the subversive takeover of every facet of society and even our churches by the global elite. That does not mean that they cannot be defeated. I believe that God has a plan to do so. But it will take the organized and long-term commitment and effort of His people to accomplish this. We must never again tolerate evil and the spirit of the Antichrist in our culture, governments, education, systems, homes, churches, and most importantly, our own hearts. So if you don't have a sword, then sell your cloak and buy one because we have a lot of work to do. Uh, Go and build, G-A-B. That's what GAB stands for. Go and build. And then he ends, to God be the glory, Andrew Torba. And uh, underneath his name, he always puts, Jesus Christ is King of Kings. Ruben, he talked about lukewarm Christianity, and I can tell you that uh, many popes have weighed in on this. Uh, Pope St. Pius V that gave us the Tridentine Mass, he says, all the evils of the world are due to lukewarm Catholics. I mean, you, you can't get any clearer than that. All the evils in the world are due to lukewarm Catholics. Uh, St. Pius X said something similar. He said, all the strength of Satan's reign is due to is due to the easygoing weakness of Catholics. And if you want to get biblical, our Lord Jesus Christ says in Revelation 3.15, I know your works, Mr. Biden. You are neither cold nor hot. Well, that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. That indictment, Ruben, not only goes to Mr. Biden, but it goes to millions of Catholic Christians around the world that have, uh, again, 
they ha- they're half-hearted in their commitment to Christ. They got one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Yep. When 80% of our Catholics brothers and sisters are not coming to Mass, that says a lot. You know, could you imagine if we could flip the tables and, and turn that around to like it was in the past? In the, in the 60s, it was the other way around. We could do that, you know. But take one person at a time, evangelizing one person, bringing one person with you to Mass. Yeah. Could, you, could you imagine if every one of the, of the Catholics would bring one person to Mass with them? You know, what a difference it would change in, in our faith and in, in, in our country and our churches. You know, um, because the you know, our leaders in our church, they a lot of times they the collection plate is what matters to them. And, and um, if we... Uh, we yep. and we're stronger in numbers, so if we could get get our act together and say, hey, "Look, we're not gonna, we're not donating if you're not giving us the programs, you're not giving us, you know, the devotions or the, the confessionals, we're not, you know, giving us the masses we we need and we want." We have to we have to kind of take it back as well. But yep, Ruben, you know, one of the things that that I draw strength from is again just a lot of Catholics in the past, the saints like Saint Maximilian Colby, from his jail cell, he said. Trust in the Lord no matter what happens to you. Think about that. You're in jail. You're about to get killed by the Nazis uh, with the cyanide pills and lethal injection. And all, all you can do is hear people's confessions, uh, give them, put them in a state of grace, and then tell people, trust in the Lord no matter what life throws at you. And so let's remember that uh, our future, none of us were asked to be born into this time right now. We could have been born in the 7th century, 14th century, some other time in in history. We were born right now for this time, for such a time as this. And God put you here for a reason. God put you here because he knows this is what you need to become a saint, to live at this point in time in history. So don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Remember, we're not the saviors. We're just the messengers. Jesus is the savior. None of us has a big S on our chest. Don't get that Messiah complex. All we have to do is put in our little widow's might, evangelize, share our faith, try to bring one sinner at a time back to the Lord, back to the Catholic Church. And don't don't look at the enormity of the task out there. You know, I say like, man, there's just so much evangelization to do. Just take it one day at at a time. Okay. just remember, every one of us is like one drop in the ocean. Okay, but. You have to add that drop into the ocean, and if we all do so, we're going to make it an incredible difference in time and eternity. That's right. No time to be on the sidelines. All right. Catholic Christianity is uh, is a, it's not a spectator sport. Let's get involved, and you have the power to do so. Let's ask for that grace during this Lenten season, and uh, let's go out and uh, make a difference. All right. That that wraps it up for us, Jesse. We're uh, another uh, another week uh, for. Or myself, you still have a show to do tomorrow, but stay tuned for Hands On Apologetics with Gary Mashuda from the Midwest Command Center. We are 10 7 now, we are out. God bless, keep the faith, pray your rosaries.